Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Mixed martial arts and boxing fans, it's time for Fighter's Fury Inside the Heart of a Champion with your hosts, Brendan Tobin, Seema, and Tommy Guns. It's time for Fighter's Fury on AM790 The Ticket. Good morning, everybody. Welcome on in. Fighters Fury here on 790 The Ticket. Tobin here with you, flying solo. No Seema, no Tommy Guns this week. They'll be back soon, I promise. Been very busy for them. So I uh, just want to let everybody know everybody's cool. It's just been super busy. So we will fly solo today as we will go over the world of mixed martial arts and boxing. A lot of action this weekend. A lot of stuff coming up. A lot of stuff coming up down the pipe. Um, so we'll dive into it. Let's get into it. Yesterday we had the main event. Uh, UFC was in Poland, had a UFC fight pass card that was headlined by Don Cerrone, and he was taking on uh, Darren Till, 24-year-old uh, from England. And you know, a lot of people looked at this fight, and they said to Don Cerrone, like, why was this fight happening? Why in God's name would Don Cerrone take on uh, a relative unknown in Darren Till, a guy who's got five UFC fights? Um, didn't really get it. Didn't jive with a lot of people. This is Don Cerrone who... I mean, we're talking a guy who was on the cusp of a title shot not too long ago. Like, if he would have beaten Jorge Masvidal at the start of this year, it's pretty undeniable that Don Cerrone would have been fighting Tyron Woodley for the welterweight title. So, as high as Don Cerrone has been on, the Cowboys been on just an unbelievable roll. 2016, got four wins that he locked in after losing the title shot in 2015, or uh, losing the title fight in 2015 to Rafael Dos Goes in this role, wins five straight fights, finds this new sort of life at welterweight, and everybody thinks, oh, Don Cerrone's figured it out. He has been uh, he, he's been almost rebirthed in this new weight division, where his crazy kind of lifestyle, he doesn't have to have any big weight cuts. Even though, you know, it's never been a huge thing for Don Cerrone the weight cutting. I mean, he's been he's been always professional about it, but this this even less focus has to be put on for it, and 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 only. Uh, just getting better for him. So, you know, he racks up wins. He beats Alex Oliveira in the Cowboys showdown. Patrick Cote looks unbelievable in that fight. Uh, Rick Story, all in the all in the in the time, picking up three straight performance of the night bonuses. And then closes out the year, UFC 206, and he has just an unbelievable slugfest with Matt Brown. But he ends up winning it in stunning fashion. A, a, a real, real highlight reel knockout. Cerrone just looks like he can't be stopped. It, it, it's really looking like he is prime to get the welterweight title. But as Cowboys want to do, he is uh, he's going to fight on his terms whenever he wants to fight. So he had to get a fight in three weeks later at UFC on Fox. It was a, it was a Denver card. It was in his hometown. He ends up losing to Jorge Masvidal, launches Masvidal into the title picture uh, talk. You know, doesn't knock Don Cerrone down too bad. Has a fight with Robbie Lawler this summer. Very close fight. Um, you, you look at those two going at it, 
and Robbie definitely took the first round. Donald comes back pretty strong in the second round, and now Robbie. Uh, and then I think by most people's account, Robbie did win the fight, and then and the, the right guy got his arm raised. But it was a very, very close fight. So, you know, Cowboy doesn't take too much time off. He gets this this lineup against Darren Till, and you know, it, it it's just an assumption of how things look now. You know, Darren Till bowled him over. It was not close. Darren Till went through him like a buzzsaw, one two piece, hit him with a huge elbow. And, 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 you know, the ref really had no choice but to stop it. Donald really wasn't in the in the fight uh, that entire round. So, Darren Till, he now has got himself a huge win, beats a, a future Hall of Famer in Donald Cerrone. And where does Cerrone go from here? I think that's that's an interesting thing to go f- towards. It looks like Darren Till is going to be fighting Mike Perry. Uh, so, you got two young, hungry guys. Got a nice little rivalry brewing there. But as far as Cerrone's concerned, you know, is this a, a case where he's going to go back down? Um, in my eyes, he's kind of one of those guys, Cerrone, he's Teflon. He's ne- There's never going to be a fight that Don Cerrone's in that I'm not going to tune into. He is always entertaining. He's got a great personality. He, he's a bona fide star in the UFC, and that's amazing for a guy who's never held a piece of UFC gold before. Um, he just has that much, I think, credibility with the fans. But it's no doubt it's a different position for him. Um, he's never lost back-to-back fights in his career. Now he's lost three straight. So it's a, it's a different place for him, that's for sure. And you can look at the Masvidal fight and you say, man, he probably fought too soon. Or you can look at this fight and say, why do you fight a guy who's so young, up and coming? But... That's who he is. I mean, that that is why you love him. That is why you go after Cowboy. I mean, so many times we look at these fighters and we're upset because we can't get the matchups we want. They're not fighting on on the fans' terms. They're not fighting on. Uh, they're not fighting who we want, when we want. Always feel like we're getting yanked around a little bit. Cowboy's not like that. Cowboy always comes to fight. He'll give people opportunities. If he gets called out, he fights him. If he gets asked to fight him, he fights him. And, yeah, it's a brutal loss. Got his nose broke. He tipped his hat to Darren Till. Put out a picture of the uh, the x-ray of his nose and says congrats to you. And that's, and that's why you love Cowboy Cerrone. It's a huge win for Darren Till. He gets to uh, to vault up a little bit because of the name he took out, the, uh, the, the type of opponent that he took out. And that's good for him, too. I think, I think him and Mike Perry will make a nice fight for each other. Two young guys, vicious couple savages who will uh, who will go towards each other, throw all kinds of limbs at each other, and we'll see what happens with it. But, um, yeah, it's a new place for Don Cerrone. I don't think uh, retirement is something that will uh, be brought up. I don't think Don Cerrone is ever going to retire. You, you think about his personality, it'd be, it'd be hard uh, to imagine him not wanting to fight. But for, for now, um, maybe some time off would do him good regroup a little bit i'm sure he's gonna need some time off if his nose did get broken um he's gonna need time to heal but it still doesn't change the fact that he's uh he's one of the baddest men on the planet and we saw some vicious face shots this weekend man really really crazy you guys see uh you guys see bellator this past week it was uh with heather hardy heather hardy was uh was in a matchup and it was her second bellator fight and she's she's looked upon i mean she's she's a boxer 
But Bellator's looking to her a little bit as, can she be one of the faces? Great personality. Um, she's she's kind of got the whole package. And but she's raw. She she is a, she is a boxer going into the octagon. She had a sensational debut at Bellator MSG, and she was fighting Christina Williams, who was making her pro debut. And Christina Williams, she came with everything. She came with the whole toolbox as far as striking was concerned. You know, former kickboxer, and Heather Hardy just had no answer for these kicks. She couldn't get inside. She's tough as hell. I mean, she was taking everything. I think I think um, somebody who hadn't maybe been as war-tested as Heather Hardy had been probably would have fallen from some of the shots that she took. But eventually she ducked into uh, a head kick, and, oh, you could just hear the sound. It was one of those ones. It just sounds a little bit different, even on your television. And... She was facing the back, so the live version on Bellator was you had the you had the vision of Christina Williams kicking Heather Hardy, but you couldn't see Heather Hardy's face yet. But then Heather Hardy, she didn't go down, unbelievably. She kept circling around, and then all of a sudden you saw her face was, it was ketchup red. It was covered in blood. And it was so bad, the ref had to call timeout, eventually bring the doctor in there. They had to stop it. It was... It was it was grotesque what happened to Heather Hardy on the Bellator card. It was really really rough, and and that's what you you know, you uh you look at those types of things and you're reminded how crazy it is um, what these individuals individuals do for a living. And and I think that's also a good reminder of what that separation is, what that what that difference is when you bring more skill sets to the cage as Williams did. Um, you know, she had just one extra element. She had the kicks. Heather Hardy had the toughness, probably had the hand advantage. But when it came to throwing in that extra kick, couldn't get inside, um, couldn't really risk going hog wild on her. And and and, and it, also, it also changed up the defense because she dipped down the way she did. She ran right into the, the, the weapon that Christina Williams wanted her to. So really, really brutal, brutal couple of days for the face in UFC and Bellator, but props to everyone involved for putting on a good show. It was really, really fantastic. Really, really rough to watch, but you can do nothing but uh, but applaud them for the type of entertainment they put on. So that's a little recap of what went down mixed martial arts-wise this past weekend. We got a lot of news and notes to get into. Um, some big waves being made heavyweight in boxing. We're coming down to a big couple of weeks here. Anthony Joshua is about to step up. He's got a fight next week in two weeks. We got Deontay Wilder fighting. Will those two eventually go to, are they going to fight? That's that's what we want to know. Are those two actually going to step into a boxing ring in 2018? Or is there going to be a big song and dance? Is Anthony Joshua's people going to play Deontay Wilder for a little bit? Does Deontay Wilder deserve the shot? So we'll, we'll, we'll get into all that as the, Heavyweight division is in flux. It's uh, It's got a big couple of weeks riding ahead, and we'll talk about all the up-and-coming fights and what the fallout may be next. It's Fighters Fury on AM790, The Ticket. All right, welcome back. Fighters Fury here on 790, The Ticket. Tobin here with you. So we'll get into the heavyweight fights in a little bit. I do want to mention this. So yesterday, you had fight night in Vegas that was or in Poland that was going on. And 
Don Cerrone, he lost to Darren Till. He put out this statement. He says, one hell of a job, Darren Till. Safe to say you broke the bleep out of my nose. I don't make excuses, nor will I ever. You had a great game plan. Executed it perfectly. I did not look nor take you light and look over you, uh, overlook nor take you lightly. So again, congratulations with a, with a close-up of his nose uh, just getting pummeled by Darren Till's fist and an x-ray of the shot. Now, this card did have a little controversy come out after it. Um, there's a couple things. So Conor McGregor was in attendance. He was there to support Autumn Lobov, his longtime teammate, uh, his sparring partner. He was on Ultimate Fighter with the Seasons that Conor was coaching with Uriah Faber, uh, the Russian hammer, if you will. He's a Russian dude, but he's now kind of adopted by Ireland. Uh, he was fighting Andre Philly yesterday. And lost the fight, lost by unanimous decision, 30-27. In the midst of the fight, Connor was actually up giving Artem Lobov so many instructions that the referee had to stop Connor McGregor, had to stop it, tell Connor McGregor to go back to his seat because he's not an official cornerman. He was out there wearing the three-piece suit, wearing the Connor McGregor deal. Um so he did. He, you know, he's like, all right, all right. I don't think Mark Otto will probably ever referee again, so that's that's tough that's tough for him. I mean, you don't you don't mess with the Don. But Connor is gonna be in some hot water after this because he was caught on camera, unmistakably, dropping uh the homophobic slur, like the atomic homophobic slur, uh multiple times. Look, I guess by people's count, three times. And you listen back to the tape, it's, it's unmistakably him because, you I mean, you got an Irish guy and a Russian guy who pretends to be Irish, and you can tell it's with an Irish accent, so it's kind of unmistakable. It's Conor McGregor. Um, So I wonder, what, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see what the fallout from this will be. The only thing that I, I got to give, I don't want to say give Conor a pass because don't use that word, obviously. Don't use that word. Don't use slurs. There's... There's a couple of cardinal ones that, you know, they're kind of off limits these days. But here's the thing with with this, that I, it makes it feel a little bit gross that we're doing it. He's kind of having a private conversation with his friend. You know, that's the one thing. He's His friend just lost a fight. Your boy's trying to, to pump you up. And he's saying he's fighting a certain way. Not cool to say it that way, but Conor obviously didn't know that he was going to be picked on cameras. Now, you're Conor McGregor. Should you always assume cameras are around? Probably. But he's just trying to have a normal moment with a guy that he's close to. So I'm sure he'll come out with an apology for it. I'm sure the UFC will come out and they say they won't condone it. Um, but much like I, I think the, the lead-up to the Floyd fight, I don't think there's going to be much repercussions for it um and in fact all the stuff that was going on with the the floyd stuff with the promotion of that fight you you could probably say you should have a bigger problem with that because they're trying to market that type of language that that kind of hate more so than this where he's talking to his he's talking to his friend it's an overheard conversation so yeah You'd wish that one of the, the, the best athletes out there, one of the most upfront athletes out there, isn't using that language. But, you know, it is what it is. Like, people talk like that. I mean, there, there, there's people there's people who, who drop words they probably shouldn't. And 
think they're in the comfort of somewhere where they can't be heard, but they are. But, I, you know, I the thing with Connor, I don't want to make it seem like I'm making excuses for Connor. Like, I didn't like it when Kobe Bryant got fined for saying what he said to a referee, using the same word, or Joe Kim Noah, just simply because, yeah, you shouldn't talk to a ref like that, and you shouldn't use words like that, but they're in the heat of competition. They're not thinking about being PC. The, the mind probably isn't thinking the way it should be. Same thing. You know, he's clearly very into the fight with his friend. His friend just lost. Um, I, I just think that there should be a little bit of a room for, for these athletes when they're in the heat of performance or if they think they're in the, in the comfort of privacy because there's mics everywhere now. I mean, they've never been more covered. And so, yeah, you could definitely say these guys should be more aware. They should uh, they should always assume that somebody's watching or there's a microphone or a cell phone or somebody who's going to catch it. But um, you know, it doesn't mean that there's not going to be moments where you you think your guard where your guard is down because you think it is over. You think the coverage is done. So Kobe Bryant says something to the referee. He thinks he's not going to get caught on camera. He does. Um, Joe Kim Noah says something. He thinks he's not going to get caught on camera. It does. Uh, a fan yelling at Kyrie Irving the other day. Where's LeBron? Kyrie Irving tells the guy, bleep my bleep. Thinks he's not going to get on camera. He is. You know, these these guys get caught being in human moments. Um, I didn't like the fact that, the re- you know, in the NFL, referees came out. They said they're going to start penalizing players for using racial slurs. I'm like, really? First of all, how are you going to police that? What ref is going to have the, the the cantaloupes to throw a flag on that, especially a white ref, uh, telling a black player what, what kind of language they could use? Um, you know. So I don't think Conor McGregor is going to face serious repercussions for this um, simply because he's a fighter, and I think people will overlook that stuff with fighters. But also, I do think that's 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 kind of rough that he got caught in that moment. You know, it's not like he's blatantly calling the opponent. That, like, for example, if Conor McGregor was cage side like he was in this fight and he was blatantly shouting that at Andre Feely, that's a bit different to me than he's got his arm wrapped around Arnim Lobov. He's he's talking to him, he's talking to him. Camera keeps getting closer and closer and closer to the guys and then picks them up. As opposed to, you know, I, I just think they're different. I think they're different situations. It doesn't make what he said right uh, or okay. Don't use those words. But I also don't think we should live in peter pan world where we, where we know that people do talk like that they do use that language especially when they think they're in the comfort of privacy or think that they're by themselves and i just think we should distinguish those types of things um and this was where you know he thought he was by himself but don't use that language so yeah i i, I assume we'll hear from conor people that he got picked up using some inappropriate language doesn't feel that way very sensitive to certain communities and UFC will say we don't tolerate that language and the song and dance goes on you know that's how it rolls speaking of Connor we'll get into the heavyweight fights in a bit but speaking of Connor there was some Connor fight news that did come out this week Kevin Ioli who does a fantastic job covering boxing and mixed martial arts for Yahoo Sports he came out this week excuse me he came out this week, and his report was that Conor McGregor is planning his next fight to be in mixed martial arts, not boxing. And the sources are saying 
He he plans to be fighting in the UFC next, not a boxing match. And we talked about this a little bit last week of what should be next for Connor. Should it be Tony? Uh, should he go off and ride and fight the Pauly fight? I get the appeal of the Pauly Malinaji fight. And Malinaji came out this week and he was talking to me. Well, Al Heyman and Dana, they're talking about it. And if Al Heyman wants something to happen, it happens. Um, I, I I just have, I think that the Pauly Malinaji thing, to me, it was a cool side note while all the boxing stuff was going on. I thought it made for great fodder. You had this inside look into Connor. There was a mystery. How was Connor going to box? So then you got one of the Showtime guys. He was going there. He's talking bleep about him. He went to camp, um, you know, claims that they they did him dirty, that they would fight him on weird schedules, and that they would, that they would say he's going to fight and then not going to fight. But I don't feel like it garnered enough buzz for me to want to see Connor fight again in, in a boxing ring. I want to see. I wanted to see Connor fight Floyd Mayweather because I wanted to see what the best in mixed martial arts had to offer if he had one discipline against the best in boxing. I don't want to see it. The one of the best in mixed martial arts go to boxing and fight a guy who's retired. It just doesn't appeal to me. Yeah, the bleep talking would be great. Yeah, those guys could sell the hell out of a fight, but Connor could do that with Tony. Connor could do that with Khabib, and Connor could do that with Nate Diaz. Connor can make anybody's bleep talking a great show. That's his gift. That's why people fork over a uh, hundred dollars to watch him box or sixty dollars to f- watch him fight mixed martial arts. There's a reason for it. He makes you feel something, and this idea that ah yeah, well Paulie's the only money fight. No, you telling me if I had. Because that's the appeal of it, right? It's not really to watch Pauly Malinaji box. When's the last time anybody paid to do that? Um, is the appeal to to see Connor talk believe with a guy he doesn't like? Is the appeal just because it's a grudge match? You got that with Nate Diaz. Uh, talk and bleep, you got that with Tony Ferguson. You get to see Connor McGregor be great at what he's great at. To me, I, I just think that you are bastardizing a little bit of what Connor's appeal is you're 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 only making it him being a great trash talker and we've had we've had this discussion of what makes Connor so marketable like I didn't like the fact that if he was going to come back in December it was only going to be for the weigh-in and the fight given the Ronda Rousey treatment and I told we said to the UFC that was a dangerous precedent they were setting with Ronda but that was hurting it because one of Connor's appeals is because he talks to the fans he gets the fans to feel um the, the Paulie Malinaji thing, I just don't get it. Okay, they had a sparring tape. And by all accounts, everybody says Connor won. You know, even Paulie Malinaji acknowledges Connor got the best of him for five rounds. Then Connor started wearing down. Paulie got to him and then came back in 11 12, beat him. So, and, and, and he says, oh, well, you know, I wasn't in shape, all that. That's fine. But even, either way, I've seen Connor already box. The appeal with that is it's kind of done for me. I saw him go with Floyd Mayweather. He had some real, real fringe moments in there. Caught him with some good counter punches. But that was it. And I don't really want to see Connor be in a position where 
He's going to lose to Pauli Malignaggi because he runs out of gas. That does nothing. For, and if anything, I think that, that that's almost a death blow to Conor McGregor's career. Losing to Pauli Malignaggi in boxing? And this isn't to slap Pauli Malignaggi down. I think he's done a fantastic job as a commentator. But, I mean, his career is what it is. Like, say it got derailed by injuries or say whatever you want about Pauli Malignaggi. He's he's a, he's, a, he's basically a journeyman fighter. Yeah, he won a, he won some titles, but from the mo the the majority of that that career, when because of the injuries that took over, Paulie Malignaggi was kind of just a gatekeeper. I don't want to see Conor lose to a gatekeeper. I don't want to see that, and I want to see Conor really fight a gatekeeper. You want to see Conor? All right, here's the next appeal for Conor if he's gonna box again, fight Canelo. That's 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 the I don't want to see Conor. Look, Conor won a boxing match. Yay, great. Who cares? Who cares? He's not a boxer. If you're telling me Conor McGregor would have gone in there and beat the best of the last 15 years, there, you got something. But you tell me he's just going to go beat a guy? Great. Who cares? Okay. So he beat Pauli Malignaggi. What would Pauli... Take any other boxer. What does beating Pauli Malignaggi do for your career as a leg up? Not much. Not much. I mean... He's just not at that stage of his career where you look at a win over Pauli Malignaggi and you say, oh, that's going to do anything for him. So it just does nothing for me. If it happens, I'm sure they'll promote a hell of a fight. I'm sure the the the, the bleep talking will be fantastic. Those boys can both gab. They're, they're a, couple of, a couple of rapid talkers. But you're telling me that you'd rather see Conor McGregor box Pauli Malignaggi because he could talk bleep than see Conor McGregor fight in the sport that made him famous against some of the best in the world? How is that even a contest for some people? How 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 is it remotely close if you're a fan? Now if you're Connor, if the question is money and you're gonna go into this battle where the UFC is going to let you out of your contract again to go box, it's a couple of things with that. One, um this is the last day of it. If you go and you fight Pauli Malignaggi, you better make sure that you go and demolish him. That that's that's because that's the only way people are going to pay to watch you box again. If you come out here, you got to go out there and you got to you got to clean the floor with Pauli Malignaggi if you want anybody to ever pay to watch you box again. Because people pay to to watch the 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 freak show for a hundred bucks. Maybe you could trick them in because I'm sure the fight promotion will be great to do it again. But if you have a close fight with Pauli Malignaggi or you lose to Pauli Malignaggi, I think that is a big, big blow to Conor McGregor. I really, really do. So that's out there. Now, these two fights coming up in the UFC, Conor comes back and he loses to Tony Ferguson, pff, rematch, great. Now you got Tony up a pedestal. If he comes back and he fights Nate Diaz and they fight again, great. If he loses to Nate Diaz, so what? Those guys have had a great rivalry. We know they're very close. Then, you, then you've had one of the all-time trilogies in mixed martial arts history. But at least he's in his sport. At least you know. At least you know that he's uh, he's in in there and he's not doing what he shouldn't be doing. I just I, I the Pauli Malignaggi thing is weird to me, man. I thought it was a cool side note. I thought it made for great fodder leading up to the Mayweather fight because hey, everything else was getting kind of old. The World Tour was out of there. You need some other angles to cover. 
Floyd wasn't really uh, in the in the spotlight. He was always at his uh, his gentleman's club every single night. So you needed something. You had this. Great. You had the Pauli Malignaggi storyline. That's all I wanted to be is a storyline. I'm not. I'm not keen on those two getting in a boxing ring with one another. We'll be back after this. It's Fighters Fury on AM790, The Ticket. Welcome back. Fighters Fury, Tobin here with you as we'll go up until about 10 o'clock. So, in addition to the Conor news that came out this week, a little bit of Floyd news came out as well, too. Floyd uh, posting videos of himself back in the gym, working the heavy bag, a couple of videos that got posted, and so got people got people wondering if, if Floyd is thinking about a comeback. I wouldn't be surprised if he does. I really wouldn't. Um, it, it, the idea that he went in there and, by his account, barely trained for Conor McGregor, had a hand injury, barely sparred, and did what he was able to do in 10 rounds, pretty much got out of there unscathed. I mean, took a couple of big shots, but nothing that he hasn't uh, suffered much greatly before. I wouldn't be surprised if he came back. That was that was a cool nine-figure pay that he, that he was able to produce by not putting in a whole, I don't want to say a whole heap of work, but probably not going as hard as he usually does for a fight. And I think he probably liked it. I think this is one of the things that had, that maybe was undersold and all that. One of the reasons I thought Floyd was going to come back for this fight it was the money. Yeah, that's obvious. Who doesn't who doesn't want to come back and get that kind of a payday? But it was going to be the first time in his career that he had a lot of boxers rooting for him. He had a lot of boxing fans rooting for him. A lot of people in his corner wanted Floyd to do right by the sport. Come on, Floyd, represent for us. Come on, Floyd, don't let this outsider come in and beat us. You got to do you. And he comes in there, not only does he win, he stops him. He stops the bleep talker. And I think there's a part of Floyd that found that a little addicting that people started to appreciate him. They started to call him the the best ever. And here's the other thing. There is also the pundits who are coming out and saying, ah, 15-0, no, no, no. Did it against the guy who never boxed before. That doesn't count. So comes back, there's one more fight, cements that 15-0 legacy, does it against a boxer, does it in an actual fight, Floyd's official last fight. I still think it sells. I think it does. I think it does big money. Now, who does he do it against? That's the question. Because I don't think Floyd's going to do it and do somebody at the class of, let's say, an Andre Berto or a Robert Guerrero. I don't think he's going to do that. I don't think he's going to go in there and fight a good fighter, but maybe not a, a a blockbuster fight. Now, does Floyd come back, and does he maybe go with? Canelo again does he go in there and does he fight maybe a triple G does he go in there and maybe try and fight one of the young welterweight champions just to go out on top of the belt does he try and do that does he fight a Keith Thurman does he fight an Errol Spence does he do something like that would he get destroyed by those guys um that'd be interesting to know the triple G one I think is the one that that intrigues me the most because there's a little bit of triple G feeling he got screwed in the last fight with Canelo they got jobbed over by Golden Boy Promotions. Floyd can ride in a little bit as be being the promoter who's going to give him a fair shake, even though that's ridiculous. Uh, but just play that play that card a little bit. 
Also, it's a fight that, that flowed for a long time. It says it would be easy for him, an easy win, easily defendable. Um, he could pick apart. He could knock out Triple G. He said that. I mean, that's you go to fighthype.com or um, they have tons of Floyd interviews where he's talked about the matchup with Triple G. He thinks it's an easy matchup for him. So imagine Floyd coming back. He just beat Conor McGregor. He makes Triple G shrink down a couple extra a couple extra pounds to come meet him at a catch weight. And Floyd ends his career beating Conor McGregor, getting the biggest payday ever. And then he tries to close it out by beating Gennady Golovkin. I think it'd be huge. I think I think they would do monster numbers. Is it a more dangerous fight? Of course it is. Does he have a chance that he's going to lose his undefeated record? Yeah, definitely. But nobody. If Floyd Mayweather came out of retirement, one of the things that he's been criticizing in his career, boring fighter, and that he he ducked guys, that, that he would only fight guys with his terms, tilted his way, manipulating. What what could you take away from him if he were to end his career and fight Gennady Golovkin, a fight that he said is a good matchup for him? Yeah, Floyd's older, but Gennady's older too, and it does look like he's on the decline. That's why I think... The Canelo fight, I don't know if I call it more dangerous, but I do think there's another X factor to it. You have a guy in there, he's seen you before, um, and doesn't feel like Canelo's quite on the decline. Still feels like when you watch Canelo fight, there there's some uptick in him. And I do feel like he's gotten better since the Floyd fight. And people have seen it before. I mean, it was one of the biggest routes of Floyd's career. So I, I don't know how much you could sell a Canelo fight again. I mean, if those guys fought... In, on Cinco de Mayo, yeah, it'd probably do big business. But imagine Floyd comes back, Triple G finally got some big exposure. That fight did big business, him versus uh, versus Canelo. So people got a a real sense of Triple G. Triple G's the 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 guy who feels like he got hosed out of a decision. I don't think it'd be that. I I, I think Floyd putting that fight on him versus Triple G to finish the career. Oh man. That would be that would be something, and I think it would erase all doubt. And what would anybody have to say right now? I think Floyd's at a place where I don't think people have a lot of criticisms of him, um, other than what you've heard. But I do think that the fifty zero thing that's erased. Um, you know, never taking any risk that would be erased, and I, I think it would do huge, huge numbers, do bigger than Triple G versus Canelo did for sure. So, if Floyd's looking for that last monster, just one more, just one more, does he have, is it a much bigger risk than fighting Conor McGregor? Sure it is. Sure it is. Does Floyd look like he gets touched a little bit more? Absolutely. But, but, did Triple G leave a lot of stuff to be desired in that Canelo fight? Did he show himself to not be as accurate as it used to be? Definitely did. Is there a risk that he's going to get knocked out by Floyd? No shot. No shot he's going to get stopped by Floyd. But could he get peppered by Floyd? Could Floyd frustrate him? Could he get tired? I think those things I think those things could happen. Floyd has talked a long time that that could be a fight where he he would stop Triple G. I don't know if he'd stop Triple G, but I think he could beat Triple G. I don't think it's that crazy. If he made Triple G do a couple things on his terms, tilted his way, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be shocked to see that thing. I wouldn't be just 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 seeing him back. I mean, Floyd doesn't put anything out for no reason. 
the fact that he's already put himself back in the gym and he got that monster payday, that that uh, those those pay-per-view checks are starting to come in, you don't think Floyd's like, huh, we can't do this one more time? Now, what about the question? Could it, could it be Connor again? Ah, I think Connor has to do some, some uh, I think Connor has to get a win under his belt. I don't know if that, and I don't think it has to be in boxing, but I think Connor needs to reestablish himself a little bit in the fight fans' minds. I think he had his his year, which wasn't a year of vacation, but it was definitely a year where people are like, hey, "All right, man, you gonna we ever gonna see you again or what?" And I do think there, I do get that sense from the mixed martial arts community that people want to see Connor do what he does best. So before Floyd can think about doing the Connor fight again, Connor needs to do some 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 brand build up for himself with his with his hardcore base. And I think that means going to fight Tony Ferguson or Nate Diaz. But I think Tony is the fight that I think a lot of mixed martial arts fans want to see. They want to see champion versus champion. They want to see the 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 undisputed champ take on the interim champ and 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 rest- restore some balance to the UFC. It's a little it's a little wacky lately. Um, heavyweight boxing. All right, so we got Anthony Joshua coming up next week. He's fighting Carlos Takam, who replaced Pulov because Pulov got an injury. And Anthony Joshua is back in the ring for the first time since beating Vladimir Klitschko and just an all-time heavyweight fight. Those guys put in an unbelievable show, and Anthony Joshua showed himself to be what uh, just a great champion. Got up off the canvas after putting Vladimir Klitschko on the canvas, looking like he was going to end it early, gassed out. Klitschko put him on the canvas, gets up, stops Klitschko, in the 11th, just an unbelievable fight. If you guys haven't seen that fight, I'm sure HBO is replaying it in the lead-up or Showtime's replaying it in the lead-up to this, and you guys can check that out. It was it was unbelievable. But Anthony Joshua's going to be back in the ring. A week later, Deontay Wilder's going to be back in the ring, uh, taking on Bermain Stavern in a rematch that they've had for his WBC belt. The question becomes, when are these two going to fight? That's what we want to know. This is, I think, the next of... For boxing fans, when's it going to happen? When do we get Anthony Joshua versus Deontay Wilder? When do we get USA versus England? When do we get the matchup we really want to see? Two guys in their prime, peak of their powers, undefeated. Let's go. Easy it should, as easy as it should be. Now, Deontay's desperate for that fight. He that, those were those were Anthony Joshua's words this past week. He said there's a feeling that he's desperate for this fight, and I think he is. I think Deontay Wilder is desperate to prove himself a little bit because. I don't feel like he's been given any favors from his promoter. I, I feel like his buildup has sucked. I feel like the opponent matchups they've given him have sucked. I don't feel like Deontay Wilder has been steered in the right way. It's tough at heavyweight because the division, it's uh, it, it's not easy to find quality opponents. But I, I, I feel like Deontay really lost the arms race with a lot of fans when Klitschko was coming up. He was the golden pony. Tyson Fury came, knocked him off, went a little crazy. So Klitschko was still looked upon as the guy, I guess if you're going to say the gatekeeper of the heavyweight division. And while this is going on, Deontay was was taking on, you know, Spielka and Duhepois and, and, and just like really ridiculous opponents that nobody was interested in watching him face. Got injured in the midst of that. So inactivity was also a factor. 
of why um, people kind of lost Deontay Wilder in their mind a little bit. And Deontay, look, Deontay's got the package. He's 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 damn 6'8". He knocks people out. He's charismatic. He's an Olympic bronze medalist. He's got a lot of the qualities you would want in a guy if you're going to market what does a heavyweight champion look like. On the other side of that, you got Anthony Joshua. Looks great. Prototyp- I mean, one of the most prototypical-looking athletes. If you, like, Anthony Joshua looks like the cheat code athlete you'd want in a, in a boxing video game. That's what Anthony Joshua looks like. He He's ridiculous. And he's, and so he's got that. He's got the undefeated record. Um, speaks well also. But he's got the one thing that Deontay doesn't have. He's got the signature win. He beat Klitschko. Anthony Joshua has that notch on his belt that Deontay's looking so much for. And there's not really much out there for Deontay Wilder to go get. I mean, he could have beat Luis Ortiz, and I think that would have upped people a lot in their mind. And that's not his fault. Luis Ortiz popped for PEDs. Um, If he would have gotten that win, I think people would have said, undeniably, Deontay Wilder versus Anthony Joshua, that has to happen next. You can't deny Deontay Wilder after beating Luis Ortiz. Now that his fight remains to Vern, a guy he already beat again, we're already hearing from Anthony Joshua. People, ah, you know, we'll try. You know, I think the fight needs a little cooking. Needs a little bit of buildup. Needs needs a little bit of uh, needs a little bit of time to brew before we're ready to do that thing. And this is where we're all looking as boxing fans. Like, I can't believe this song. This is this song and dance going to happen again, huh? Like into the old Golden Boy with Canelo and Triple G, where it's like, ah, know what? Got to give it a couple years. Need it to happen. And that pisses fans off, man. People are not happy to hear. Oh, this is gonna, this is this. It's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. But you gotta wait a little bit. No, this is the heavyweight fight people want to see. Want to see USA versus Britain, Anthony Joshua versus Deontay Wilder. You want to do it in London? I mean, is that a big sticking point that it has to be in London or or America? Do it in London, man. In London, it'll be a fantastic atmosphere. It doesn't mess with the time, and it's gonna be at 5 p.m. over here. Sure, but. From the standpoint of, oh, you want to you wanna cook this a little bit? You want to make this go? It's like, all right. But you guys aren't that big of stars. You can't, you can't mess with the fans that much. You know, Anthony Joshua, Deontay Wilder, they're no Canelo Alvarez. They're sure damn no Floyd Mayweather. Like, they're not at that star level. So this idea that they want to put the back burner on, or Anthony Joshua specifically wants to put a marquee fight like this on the back burner, all right. But take on the Pulevs or the Carlos Takams for another year and see how long people are going to get tired of that. You know, it, it's, it, yeah, he's a monster star in England. But even the English fans will start saying, all right, man, we get it. We get it. We, you know, we know you could beat these guys, but you, because you've already seen it. You've already seen the top of Space Mountain at this point. You've seen Anthony Joshua take on Vladimir Klitschko. In one of the all-time heavyweight fights, now you're going to start telling people, yeah, but this is just as good. This is Carlos Takam. This is Pulev. Well, what's not to love? Anthony Joshua's there. No. It's not the name enough. You can't just have the one side. You need to give people compelling matchups. And Deontay Wall is a compelling matchup. I think Anthony Joshua wins. I think it's I think it's a honestly, I think Anthony Joshua could beat him up pretty good. I mean, Anthony Deontay's got that monster right hand. And if that lands, 
it could certainly be night-night for Anthony Joshua. He's shown himself to be quite susceptible to getting knocked down. You get knocked down by, by Vladimir Klitschko, I think you could certainly get knocked down by Deontay Wilder. But he's got the more complete package. He's got more weapons at his disposal than Deontay does. Makes for a fun fight. I don't want to see them uh, jerk around the fans too long on this one. They really, really need to strike while they're on top because it feels like this heavyweight division has been in a slow cooker for a long, long time now, and they just keep letting it simmer. I mean, you got an opportunity to put it on a rocket ship. You got a chance to, to microwave this thing and really, really get it cooking quick, and you want to delay it some more. That's, that's, that's not great to hear uh, as a boxing fan, I'm telling you. But either way, We'll enjoy watching them next week. We'll see Anthony Joshua taking on calls to come. I think he should win pretty easily. And then we'll get into Deontay Wilder versus Bermain Stiverne and that entire card that's coming up in Brooklyn in just a couple of weeks. We got to get out of here, and we will talk to you guys same time, same place next week. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.